You are listening to the Huskers Nutrition Podcast, presented by Midwest Dairy and your local farm families. Here is your host, Jessica Cootie. Welcome back to episode two of our Huskers Nutrition Podcast, brought to you by our friends at Midwest Dairy. I'm Jessica Cootie, and we have different dietitians, different members of the staff here with the Huskers Sports performance nutrition here at the University of Nebraska Athletics joining us here on these episodes over the next few weeks and joining us today Matt Masner Matzner and Ron Luth with uh, Lisa Kopecki's staff over there in high school performance nutrition thank you guys so much for joining us great to be here okay well I always like to start off a little bit getting to know you so tell us a little bit about yourself and and what sports you work with because that's that was one thing we talked about on episode one is how what's great here at Nebraska is that every sport kind of has somebody that's diet uh, that is dedicated to each Olympic sport here at Nebraska. So Matt, if you want to start out. Yeah, um, so I guess I've been back here for a couple years. I'm a Nebraska native, um, um, proud McCool Junction um, alumni. Awesome. Uh, So uh, forever a Mustang, but uh, (laughs) I'm a Husker, but uh, I was uh, on the staff here during my undergraduate years at Nebraska, um, mainly with the football team. So I was here for three years around like 2010 to 2013-14 um, and then I came back uh, a few years ago um, as a sports RD and I've been working on the Olympic side ever since so mainly working with uh, track and field and uh, swimming and diving and then also helping out with a number of different sports on the Olympic side like wrestling and, and men and women's basketball and stuff so very cool yeah. My name is Ron Luth I'm originally from Omaha Nebraska Bennington area went to Burke High School um, I actually left and went to St. Louis University and was out there in St. Louis for about eight years. Did my, my undergraduate uh, grad school and internship and then was looking for working in clinical dietetics, looking for a job in sports uh, during the pandemic. So once things kind of slowed up a little bit, I ended up reaching out to uh, the old director of performance nutrition and got offered a fellowship position with the football team. So I worked with the football team last season and then uh, decided to make a shift and move over to the Olympic side. And uh, the sports I work with are wrestling and women's basketball right now. What drew you guys into this field, this profession, specifically sports dietitian? Um, I know me personally, I was always just a big uh, just sports junkie about any ball I could you know um, throw or or catch or whatever I was uh, you know in the mix with my older brothers Uh, so I was just a really competitive person I trained really hard um, when I was young but as I came to find out when I started learning more about nutrition was that I was awful at it and it was something that it just really drove me kind of nuts at how much training that I did and didn't maximize it because I wasn't doing the right things when it came to nutrition. And so that just really, you know, it was a mix of, it was a perfect mix of everything, right? I wanted to be involved in sports in some way, shape or form, you know, how ex-athletes are, you know, you just can't walk away from it completely. So it was my way to still be around at competitive athletics, but also help people with things that I was starting to learn a lot more about. And that's what really, I just, you could say there's a big passion there to help athletes when you see them working really hard. Um, it's just really natural for me to hop in and, and ask them about some of the things that they're doing or if I see that something might be not be being done optimally, you know, to kind of help, you know. So I just think fundamentally, you know, just trying to help athletes just maximize their performance really, you know, that's why I'm here. like that. And I played a variety of sports in high school. 
After high school, I was a weekend warrior, just kind of would lift weights, uh, well, I guess during the week and on the weekend, but I was always interested in nutrition, and I ended up coming across a YouTube video from a long time ago of the training table here at Nebraska, and I had this thought in my mind of what I wanted to do, something with nutrition and elite athletes, but I didn't know that it was actually something that you could make a career out of. So when I saw that video, I looked up what it would take to become a registered dietitian and, and networking to get into sports. And that was probably about 12 years ago when I saw wow. that. So it's a full circle moment to be back here and working at Nebraska. That's awesome. Because, I mean, Nebraska was one of the first to kind of really embrace this field, right? I mean, that had to be cool coming back here and being part of that, that, that they kind of set the standard for, for what it is. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, I think Ron can probably attest to this, too. I think if you ask the question again, you know, why we're here, I think, you know, we got really lucky to be born about an hour away or, or however far Ron was born from the stadium, you know, because there's a lot of um, other people in this profession that are really jealous of just our geographical location of where we grew up just because we were so close to Memorial Stadium. And you're exactly right. You know, we were really the first uh, collegiate professional sports team to really, you know, do it in a big way. Not that other people weren't, you know, blended up protein shakes out of a, a closet in the strength and conditioning <laughs> room. But, um, you know, we were the first to really invest, and that's obviously very clear if you, you're walking around the stadium. If you throw a rock, you'll hit about five sports dietitians around here. So uh, it's really unique. We're really thankful um, to be here and have the resources that we have. And everybody takes it seriously. It's just so integrated into everything we do here. And you don't, have to, you don't feel like you have to punch up here to get people to take nutrition seriously. And it's not that way everywhere else, so I mean. It'll also be awesome to see the new facility coming mm -hmm. in. So we'll get a brand new uh, training table here soon. So to know the history and then to be a part of the uh, next chapter moving into a new training table will be awesome. What, do the, what does the summer look like now for you guys' sports, Ron? What is I mean, wrestling? They're kind of year-round now, right? Yeah, with uh, USA Wrestling and competing for or practicing for different tournaments, they're pretty well uh, year-round. Uh, it depends. Some of the guys will pop in and out. If it's a 20 and under competition, then the older guys might not be around. Um, so, yeah, their wrestling's still practicing and lifting. And then women's basketball, they took couple of weeks off and they're back uh, practicing and lifting and getting ready for we go to Greece I think July 30th. So. You getting to go to that? Yeah. Oh jealous. Yeah Ireland twice and Greece once. We'll You're see what's next. Lucky. And traveling the globe. Uh, <laughs> punching that passport. Um, so similar thing on, on uh, my side of things. Uh, powered down for a little bit with some teams. Track and field just got done mm -hmm. with their national championships. They had a really really successful season. Um, really great things going on. On that side of things, uh, they got some time off. A few of them did. Uh, a few of them are competing internationally, which is great. That's a sign of a really good track team when right. you have people competing in the Diamond League and things like that. So we have some phenomenal athletes doing some just great things uh, all over the globe. But for the most part, a lot of them uh, have taken a few weeks off, and they're now just hitting uh, new training cycles again, ramping things back up, um, like a lot of the wrestlers are. It just kind of depends. A lot of the Olympic side of things these days, it's just year-round. Yeah. It's not in-season, out-of-season. It's like you're out-of-season for like a month, and then you're right back in it, it almost yeah. seems like. Late night studying, intense practice, cramming for that big test? Take a moment to reset yourself with dairy. 
Dairy foods like milk and yogurt allow you to stay in the game with immunity-boosting nutrients like vitamin A, vitamin D, zinc, and protein to keep you fueled without the crash. Trusted by athletes and supported by science. A message from Midwest Dairy and your local farm families. Well, you guys are here to talk to us a little bit about pre- and post-workout nutrition. And so I guess, first of all, the importance, how important are both of those? So the pre and the post. You're on post, right? Mm -hmm. And you're on pre. So yep. let's start with pre. How important is the pre? Um, I, I think it, it, you could say it sits the table um, for maybe a single training session. But one of the things you don't want to get lost when you're talking about pre-workout nutrition is that it's only about what you do immediately before mm -hmm. because it really depends upon your nutritional status and what you w were doing four, six, eight hours before that. You might be practicing, you know, 4 p.m. But what were your meals like earlier that day? You know, our athletes aren't one-a-day athletes by and large. They have a couple days a week. They might only have a training session once per day. But by and large, multiple times per week, they either have like a lift in the morning and practice in the afternoon. Yeah. So Ron and I were really discussing this term, you know, refueling is like pre-fueling. Um, but I guess, you know, to really talk about um, pre-workout or, or pre-training uh, nutrition, our mission of our um, nutrition department is fueling Huskers. So um, we have a, a food first mentality or philosophy when it comes to that. And I think most uh, good performance dietitians will tell you that. I have yet to run into one that doesn't say they have a uh, food first philosophy. And so we really want to you know, focus on what we're doing when it comes to food and our routines and things of that nature. And so when I was got tasked with this topic, you know, I was writing down like, what are the main bullet points that we really get after on a daily basis when it comes to um, pre-training, pre-competition feeling? And there's a number of things. I think establishing routines is a big one that a lot of people wouldn't think about, right? They want to think about, oh, what food are you getting? Well, we want to establish a routine. Uh, we have uh, macronutrient concerns within those, the foodstuffs we're giving people. And then we're also obviously concerned about hydration. Um, and so to, I guess, get into the first one, you know, we really want to help athletes dial in what they're doing. So in the off season or, you know, around now when they're like going through some training cycles, they might not be competing for a, a month or two, or the competitions might be, not be really marquee competitions. That's when we're try really trying to play around with things and get athletes, not only some of the stuff that we have like listed on like these posters, because not everything's gonna work for every person the same with their mm -hmm. gut and, and their physiology. So we're really trying to play around with that and to help them do what's best for them. Because when they get into competition, we don't want them really spending any mental energy on what they're going to be fueling with. Mm -hmm. We want to have that dialed in. We, we don't want that to be a care in the world. We want 100% of their focus to be on their sport and their competition, right? That's tough enough as it is. And there's also, you know, a little bit of physiology that's intermixed with um, focus or competition. I mean, how many times have you been, you know, I'm sure you competed in some things growing up and whatnot. How many times did you maybe get a queasy gut when you went to do something that was a really big competition, right? Mm -hmm. Well, our athletes are no different. Even though they're very talented people, they still, you know, they're going up against some very talented people too. So 
you know, there's some gut motility and some things that can happen on that end just from a, a psychophysiological standpoint. And so we don't want what we give them in hopes of trying to do good to actually disrupt their routine and their ability to compete. So we're trying to kind of get out of their way while also enhancing their performance, right? So I think that's a big thing. Um, and then to get into, I guess, the, the food um, and what we like focus on. I think we, have, we brought these poster boards in here. And on this one, you can kind of see uh, what the focus is when you're going from a little bit further out to closer in um, to competition or training time. We're going to shift from a more like complex mixed diet to a very simplified, refined diet. So, you know, Ron and I were talking, you know, fueling for performance is much different than fueling for health, right? Would I tell a lot of people to eat gummy bears and Gatorade on a daily basis? <laughs> you know, I'm not going to tell my, you know, mom to do that unless she's about to go hit a workout or something. Um, but we want more simple carbohydrates once we get closer um, to competition or training. So when we're, you know, an hour plus out from training, that's when you're going to be having your more full meals. You gen hopefully, if you can time it right, two to four hours before uh, a competition or a practice, you'd be getting a full meal. And then once you creep into that 90 minutes to 30 minutes to before you go, then you're just topping off your fuel stores with, with uh, um, carbohydrate. That's kind of what we're looking to do there. And so you'll go from a more complex um, fueling perspective. So you'll see things on there like maybe a bagel with like a nut butter, um, banana nut butter, some yogurt, things of that nature, maybe some whole wheat bread 90 minutes out, something like that. But that's going to shift once we get closer to that 30 minutes or really any time we get a little bit closer to uh, really turn it on and going. We're going to start going with some like sports drinks, uh, energy chews, applesauce, fruit cups, uh, low fiber fruit drinks, stuff like that. Something that's going to boost up their carbohydrate stores and get through them and through the gut rather quickly without disturbing it too much. And the three things we're, we're, what you're really starting to stay away from as you get closer to training is fat, fiber, and protein. We want that on our meals and recut for recovery but right before you're about to go, I don't think anybody <laughs> wants to eat like Chipotle or something, right? It's not going to sit well. So just think of that uh, context. You know, anytime you have something that's a little bit fattier, a little bit more fibrous, and a little bit more protein, it's probably not going to serve you best right before you go train. Fascinating. Okay, and the importance of the post. Yeah, so Matt mentioned that, um, that collegiate athletes, they'll usually lift, they could lift in the morning and then practice in the afternoon. So um, they want to refuel for their next bout of energy. Um, at Nebraska, we follow a three-step me three-step method. The first one, and it, and it lines up with our training table too. So the first one is uh, building immunity, reducing inflammation. So uh, you create create inflammation when you're lifting, practicing. You want to consume things like fruits and vegetables. Um, whole grains, nuts, seeds. So when they first walk into the training table after they check in, um, there's fresh fruit um, and frozen fruit if they want just to put some fresh fruit in a bowl or if they want to make a smoothie or a shake. And then there's two different salad bars. Um, 
Uh, one's just like a regular salad bar you would see at a buffet with different types of lettuce and toppings. And the other one is kind of like a cold prep. Mm -hmm. um, so we try to repurpose things from the day before, two days before, and make it into something else um, that's, that tastes good and to reduce waste. And the next thing, uh, when you're practicing or you're lifting, you're uh, burning carbohydrates, the main source of uh, energy for our bodies. So refueling with carbohydrates is a second step. Um, it can also help a little bit. It may be able to help with the absorption rate of protein, uh, which would be the third step, repairing your muscles with protein. When you're lifting or practicing, you're breaking down your muscles, you want to repair them. And so um, it's lined up just like that at the training table. After the fruits and the vegetables, then there's uh, carbohydrate sources, a variety of them, and then um, protein sources from lean, leanest to fattiest, fattiest being like a fried chicken sandwich or chicken strips. And then today our leanest one was a salmon, uh, which we usually either have on the line or over kind of on the side by the burger bar. There might be some uh, lean steak, grilled chicken, chicken breast, yeah. salmon, different types of fish, along with uh, recovery, nutrition, hydration. I know uh, Jake, one of my colleagues already touched on that, but when you're sweating, you're losing fluid, you're losing electrolytes. Um, so also replenishing those is really yeah. important because you're just going to you're going to go out and have a practice later that afternoon or you're going to lift in the afternoon and you don't want to cramp up or go into it dehydrated. I think some people might be interested maybe because in a sport like wrestling where you have to make weight, how do you balance all of this that what you're talking about? Yeah, we were just talking about this before we came over here. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, definitely being present at the training table, at practice, at lifts and seeing closer to a competition where their weight is at and basing what they can have off of that closer to a competition they're going to start slowly decreasing their fiber so their fruits vegetables um, whole grains and go with more of a, like a white rice versus a, a, yeah. a brown rice that's going to help them not hold on to as mm -hmm. much fluid now, when we talk about hydration, you know, it's kind of like a quagmire when it comes to wrestlers, right? You, you want to be hydrated, but those guys are trying to really get that goal weight. And then so they, they after they or the, they're weighing weight. And so after they make their, their weight, then they're going to rehydrate. And we have, you know, we can probably talk about that in a second here. But it's a, a little bit more difficult when it comes to wrestlers because they're trying to do some of these uh, tricks that are, you know, scientifically validated and safe. Um, but as Ron was saying, they'll eat a little bit cleaner, less fiber, because um, that will hold on to less uh, um, water. And so they'll drop a little bit more weight that way. And then interesting, it, when it comes to pre-fueling and refueling, after weigh-in is really, really interesting when it comes to wrestlers because you're trying to cut down for weight, right? And then you hit your, hit your weight, you weigh in, you're good, you can go compete, but you want to eat something, right? But you only have a, you know, finite amount of time. Some people, it's 15, 20 minutes um, during some competitions. Sometimes it's an hour, sometimes it's two hours. So I'm sure Ron can speak to some of the tricks that we have to do. Um, to rehydrate and refuel them before in that little hour window, mm -hmm. you know, because you're kind of refueling to pre-fuel to, yeah. to go compete. It's kind of interesting. Yeah, I mean, going back a little bit with uh, the fiber holding onto water, there's also sodium too. So things on the buffet line might be um, a 
a little more, they might taste a little bit better, they might have a higher seasoned. sodium content, yeah, they might be more seasoned, they might have a higher fat content, uh, which is a good thing for most of the athletes because they need to replenish those electrolytes. Um, you know, having some extra fat calories in there help, will help them maintain weight, especially if they're in season. But we have a life skills kitchen, so they can go over to the life skills kitchen and cook up their own stir fry or pasta dish. And so, so they can kind of, uh, they can put in the ingredients themselves, season it maybe with uh, Mrs. Dash or a lower sodium seasoning um, and control the amount of sauce that they put on it closer to a competition. And the way, um, the way collegiate wrestling is going, in, in high school, a lot of the newer guys coming in, they might have um, some bad habits or something, but we're really encouraging them to make sure that they're staying, meeting their hydration needs right. up until like basically the day before the competition. Fascinating. Okay, so, and then for obviously our friends at Midwest Dairy, where does the dairy part of it yep. fit into this for all that we've been discussing? Absolutely. So it fits in every aspect essentially of recovery nutrition. So chocolate milk is, in my personal opinion, the best, uh, the best post-workout or, or uh, practice recovery option. That's been brought up twice now. It has oh, yeah. carbohydrates. Okay. It has protein. It has sodium. Yeah, it, it helps you rehydrate. It has a great mix it's a fluid. of nutrients. You know, there's Tastes a lot of calcium, great. which a lot of our athletes need, especially our female athletes who are really high energy outputters. Um, we can have some degradation of their bones. You know, if they're really getting after it, and so you know. Uh, if we can sneak dairy into just about almost every meal, aside from right before we, we compete, uh, we really like to encourage that because of all the different nutrients it offers. It's a high-quality protein um, that has a good amount of branch chains. It helps us pack on muscle or maintain muscle, and thing, things like that are very important. Of course, we use you know um, different powders and shakes and whatnot that... Uh, have uh, dairy-based proteins in them, uh, which are of the highest, some of the highest, uh, what we call biological value proteins. And so we utilize those on a daily basis with our athletes as well, um, post-practice um, and at meals. Too. Yeah, and our fueling station, we've got, like I talked about, chocolate milk. There's also yogurt. There's the yogurt shakes that you can drink as opposed to eating with a spoon. Um, cheese sticks. Yeah, so there's, there's plenty of uh, protein options dairy protein options yeah. to choose from. It's not just chocolate milk or a protein shake or a protein powder. Mm -hmm. You can mix yogurt or those liquid shakes into a smoothie. Yeah, we've had, uh, often had a lot of like little uh, individual size uh, cottage cheeses at the training table. And, like for breakfast, people want to take one with them and make a snack later in the day. Pair that with a serving of fruit something like that it's a great option um you know if we could get three to six servings of dairy in per day uh with our athletes that'd be you know all of our athletes that'd be pretty great you covered a lot of information and yet you there's a lot of athletes that like you said are wired differently they might not like some of this stuff they might have different allergies so how important is just the the overall kind of what's in place here at nebraska that you guys can really tend to the needs and kind of once of each individual athlete so you can tailor it so much because you guys have your certain sports and then you get to know them and and what works best for each individual sport and athlete i mean how beneficial is that for just an overall athletics department 
Oh, I mean, I think it starts with our training table. You know, our training table is just, I think it's the crown jewel of all of college sports. And I really mean that. And it's unique because we operate it. We don't have a third-party vendor coming in, and we're not working with them to operate it. Those chefs and, and all of our great workers uh, down at the training table, they're on staff here. They're not, you know, um, employed by somebody else, and we're just trying to make it work. And so they're in our staff meetings, you know. I'm sitting right next to the chef, you know, um, every week at staff meetings, and we're able to, to really uh, pivot you know, at the drop of a hat if we need something specific or if we need an ask for one of our sports because we want to do something different because it's a certain time of the season um, or if we need to, you know, get in some, like, spices that are, like, low sodium for, for wrestlers or something like that. It's not even a question. It just gets done here. Mm -hmm. So if we need it, 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 and that's what I mean where it's just, like, we're not punching up here. It's just sports nutrition is just in everything we do around here. So it's so integral that our, our, our training table is done so well here because it helps us cater to our athletes so much. If we want maybe leaner protein or something because we're trying to like lean up a team or something like that, uh, we can, you know, get that order. We can change the menu um, a few days out. You know, we, we're just really dynamic in that sense our staff is and it's great. One of the first things I noticed when I started working here was just the variety of things that we have at the fueling station, not just at the training table, mm -hmm. but we don't just have a regular uh, milk-based protein powder. We have uh, plant-based. There's just a huge variety of things that we have. So for people who might not like a certain flavor, there's going to be something there that they can find that and they'll yeah. like the flavor I mean, too. And, and we have athletes with certain intolerances and allergies and whatnot and we kind of have to you know we have to watch that we have to have a mindful eye on that and that's again another thing that helps about our training table we can really be in tune with the chefs and what they're putting out there um, and if you go through the training table we have labels on like our cards if something has dairy or, or tree nuts or something in it and so it's something that the athletes like that who have those allergies and intolerances Maybe not everybody does. So everybody doesn't walk around in their body viewing food like they do because food's dangerous for them, potentially. Mm -hmm. And so not only are they trying to get what they need to fuel their bodies in the right amounts at the right times, but they're also trying to maybe avoid some stuff like shellfish or something. And that's something we have to kind of have to be really dynamic on and be good in our food service practices, of course. But just having the variety to be able to offer all those things while still meeting their needs is pretty important. And the amount of dietitians that we have here on staff is <laughs> yeah. really helpful. You know, working with just uh, women's basketball and wrestling, being able to be at their practices, lifts, at training table, and really tend to them. Like I can just, I know just off the top of my head who's got what allergy or intolerance just by uh, being around them mm -hmm. and asking questions and establishing rapport, getting to know them. Who's the best cook? that comes into the training table that uses that life skills kitchen? Ooh, I don't know. That's a good question for Ron. Um, so it's funny because I was talking to him about, I don't know if he's not, he's an athlete from last year. Can I say that? Yeah. Uh, Christian Lance, he was a, a wrestler, a <laughs> yeah, 285 right. guy. Uh -huh. He would go to the life skills kitchen every day. I was just talking to him this morning because he's one of our uh, regional training center guys. He helps train uh, some of the guys that are enrolled here. 
And I was just saying how I wish he was still at the training table so he could show some of these guys how to cook for me. Oh, he, he always mixes it up at the, uh, the Oasis. That's our fueling station over at the Vanny. He's always making some interesting protein shakes. Let's put it that way. He's, those big guys, they get good at cooking. Oh, yeah. They know how to do it. And the pasta bar is pretty popular, right? Oh, when oh, you yeah. guys have the, the pasta choices. Pasta that bar. That was always my favorite. Pasta bar and the pizza bar. Okay. Uh, so the pizza bar is awesome, too, because it kind of works for anybody who wants to use it. Somebody who's, you know, maybe they are trying to cut a little weight or lean up or a little bit, something like that. They can put a, get a chicken breast or some leaner meat on there and then get their fixings and, and make it a little bit lighter. Or somebody who's trying to gain a little bit of weight, they can use maybe like a cream sauce, go a little bit heavier like with sausage for their meat, things of that nature. That's one really cool thing that uh, we implemented a little over a year ago. Maybe it's been two years since we've had that uh, pizza, self-made pizza oh. station over there. We do that quite often. Um, so it's pretty awesome getting the kids cooking uh, while also um, having healthy takes on staple foods that are commonly in our diet is, is really important. Yeah, if, if a particular athlete is in season and they're having trouble keeping weight on, uh, they can come in, eat at the training table. I may encourage them to make a sandwich or make a, a pizza and just put it in a box and, and take, take it. it with them to class. Or if they're in a hurry uh, because they have to get to class, you know, just making up a pizza, throwing it in the box, and that way they'd have it for later as well. Absolutely. Well, did we cover it all? Yeah, I think we got most of it. Yeah, so, fascinating. Yeah. Once again, uh, Matt Matzner and Ron Luth with Nebraska Sports Nutrition. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Huskers Nutrition Podcast brought to you by our friends at Midwest Dairy and your local farm families. Thanks so much for listening.